listeners, before we start today's episode, I have an ask. We want to know what you think of Love, Lead, Listen. Take a few minutes to take our listener survey at alphagammadelta.org forward slash podcast. The survey will be open until May 1st, 2021. So don't miss your chance to let us know what you think. And while you're at it, take a second to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps others find the show. And we love hearing what you think of Love, Lead, Listen. Welcome to Love, Lead, Listen, a podcast from Alpha Gamma Delta and generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. I'm your host, Emily Bice. Join us as we discuss topics that affect women of today and examine the ways that we can be women with purpose. Welcome back to Love, Lead, Listen. Today we have as our guest, Sarah Ellis. Sarah Ellis is a dating writer. She covers relationships, celebrity couples, single life, sexual health, astrology, and online dating. She also co-hosts and produces a podcast called Subtext, where she breaks down listener questions about the language of online dating and texting. She also has written for Great List, Live Strong, and Rewire.News, and she holds a Master of Arts in Journalism from New York University. Sarah is a member of Theta Tau at Belmont University. Sarah, welcome. Thank you, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you. So Sarah, you're a dating writer. So what drew you to writing about relationships? Yeah, so it's a pretty funny story of how I got into writing about, you know, relationships and dating. I actually, when I was in grad school for journalism, I was doing a story on like funny dating terms. I think it was like an assignment that we had gotten and I was interested in learning about like people's perspectives on online dating, like weird terms that they had dealt with. And um, that's actually how I ended up meeting the co-host of my podcast. Uh, Her name is Michelle and she is a linguist who specializes in like the language of online dating. So it was kind of through this relationship with Michelle that I got into writing about dating, talking about dating, covering dating. Uh, And, you know, it's been kind of a, it's been a fun um, beat to have as a journalist uh, and just, I don't know, I have a million questions about it myself. So I think it's, it's been fun to, um, to kind of study a little bit more. Yeah. It's one of those things that everyone or most people do it at some point in their life, but no one really feels like they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, totally. And I mean, I think it came out of my own questions about it as well, you know, and my own personal experiences of like being in my 20s and trying to date. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, right now, dating is even harder in a pandemic. So we know it's already hard and normal times we can go out and get drinks with someone. But now we're all stuck inside for the most part or trying to socially distance. How have you seen dating change in a pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I think it's changed everything about our lives and dating is a part of many people's lives. So obviously it has changed too. Um, This is the first time in I think most people's memory that we're like unable to kind of think about the idea of meeting up with strangers. So, you know, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are kind of living this life right now of being on dating apps, but what do you kind of do with that? you know, can you, can you meet up with someone? Do you need to like meet them over zoom? Like everyone's doing these days. So I think, I mean, I think it's changed a lot. I think it's, um, it's added a fraught element to an already fraught thing for many people. So it definitely has not made it easier. 
Definitely. I would agree with that. I remember back in the day when I was on dating apps, I say that like it was years ago, but it really was just a couple of <laughs> years ago. It was always so difficult to get off the app. And so now it feels like you're not able to, like you're not allowed to get off that app to see someone in person because we're in an environment now where it's not always safe to see other people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I know that, you know, and I've heard that some apps are are kind of incorporating COVID into like the way that they're working now. Like I know that there are some apps that are allowing people to kind of write in like how much they've been social distancing or like whether they're working from home, which I actually think is kind of cool because obviously, you know, if you do want to make that calculation of do I meet this person um, in person or not, you want to have context for like, okay, well, what is, what is this person's like kind of life <laughs> look like? But I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about like, would I feel comfortable meeting up with a stranger? Maybe, but I think context would really matter, right? Like, where's it going to be? Like, how much have we talked? So yeah, I mean, it's definitely made things complicated. Oh, yeah. Well, then there's that whole other element of sometimes home is the safest place to meet someone or like smallest place to be meet someone. But when you're dating, that's not safe to go to someone's home just solo. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. Like you're not going to go over to someone's house. So what I guess you could meet in like a park. But I mean, you know, we're into colder weather. So I think it's going to add just another element for all of us of like, what, what, you know, what can we do that that feels safe. So, um, yeah, I mean, I do, I have spoken to a few people on the po- my podcast who have been doing these like FaceTime dates. Uh, and so I think doing the virtual online dating, like truly virtual online dating is happening a little bit, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Cause I remember thinking back to where online dating was not the norm like it used to be like match.com was like a thing that was kind of weird to do but now everyone has to do it that's the norm for everyone now totally and I mean you know even after you've been chatting with someone if you do want to go on a date and I say that in air quotes because what is a date right now um you know maybe you want to like hop on FaceTime and talk to them for a few hours, which is normally like would be super weird. But I feel like anything goes in these times. Yeah, get to do what you want, I guess. In some ways, it feels kind of freeing because those like criteria that you have to meet before you FaceTime someone that's not there. So you can kind of think outside the box or do things you wouldn't normally do. But that also comes with the fact that you can't do a lot of things that you would normally do. Yeah, I mean, I will say I feel like there's some positives to the idea of like doing a, you know, first or second date over FaceTime, right? First of all, there's no commute time, which is great. We all love that about, you know, working from home or having Zoom parties or whatever. You can just sit in your living room. I think also like with first dates, one thing that can be hard is knowing how much time you want to set aside for it, right? Because when you don't know someone, you have no idea if you're going to want to talk to them for 45 minutes or four hours. And when you're FaceTiming them, I mean, it's kind of like easy to do that. Like if if it's going terribly, you could say, oh, (laughs) I don't know, I need to feed my cat. That's like such a bad excuse. But like, you know what I mean? Like you can, I think you can get out of it more quickly and easily if you need, but it can also go for like four hours. So I mean, there are definitely positives definitely it reminds me of that show that was on netflix for a while um it was like early quarantine where they would be in the pods together 
Oh, Love is Blind. (laughs) Yes, Love is Blind. It reminds me of Love is Blind where they would like stay on, I guess online, but they're like in those rooms for like hours at a time. It's that's what it kind of reminds me of. It's almost like that in some ways. Oh, yeah. How crazy is it how well-timed that show was? It, it, like, dropped, you know, right, I feel like, as things were starting to happen with the pandemic. And then it was like, oh, this is how we, this is how we date now. It's it's pretty real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty much just like that. Because now you don't have the, uh, you can't, like, see someone face-to-face, so you're relying on pictures. But who knows how accurate a picture is? Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, you're kind of just just going for it. But I guess with FaceTime, you know, you can you can actually try to get an idea of what they look like. <laughs> kind of see them. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. It's a little bit easier than what they had. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a what great timing, Netflix. Truly. So do you think that social distancing has made people rethink their relationships in general, not even just people that are starting a relationship and dating? What about people that are already in committed relationships? Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's, I think that there's kind of two ways to, to think about what life looks like right now for people who are either single or in a relationship, which is that you're either aggressively single or you're like aggressively not single because we are living in these kind of like isolated either by ourselves or in these kind of little like quarantine pods. And so... I mean, for instance, with me, like my boyfriend and I, and thankfully we had already been together for over a year at this point. So we weren't like in a new relationship, but I mean, we went from, you know, dating like normal people to basically living together and seeing no one else. (laughs) And I know, um, for a lot of people that happened early in their relationship, you know? So if it was, if March hit and you'd been seeing someone for two months, you had to make the decision of like, okay, well, are we going to be like fully dating and not seeing other people or are we going to stop seeing each other? So I think it's just really accelerated the pace and like, like emphasize the divide between people who are single and people who are not. Um, And I think, I mean, that's changed a lot of relationships. I feel like quarantine time has showed people whether they can really like, are we in this for the long haul or are we done? Because it's a very intense way to live. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, it's like you skip over that part where you like go out every weekend and get to do fun things. And now you're at home and can you do a puzzle with this person every weekend for six months? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's even more so than just, you know, you think about couples moving in together and that being a big step, but it's even, it's even more than like that because it's not, it's like this sense of this is the only person that I spend time with now. So I think that it's, uh, yeah, it's a a big, um, kind of revealing, revealing thing for people about like, is this relationship really worth my time? And is this going to work? It's almost like relationship boot camp in a way. Oh, one million percent. <laughs> so you mentioned that you're in a relationship. Do you mind if I ask how you've seen that change in the pandemic? Yeah, of course. You know, I, I spoke briefly about my my boyfriend, Aaron, who I did meet on a dating app. Uh, this would have been early 2019. So, you know, back in the before times when we were not thinking about things like social distancing. Uh, so we have been... I mean, quarantining together essentially 
living together, spending most of our time together since March, which has been, uh, you know, over half of a year now. And it's, it's been good for us. I think that there have been a lot of challenges as anyone would have. Um, I kind of went into this time and I know he did too thinking, well, this will either work really well for us or it will go really poorly and it's really impossible to predict. And thankfully, I mean, I think that it has made both of us feel really confident in our ability to like deal with tough stuff and that we are good together. Um, so it's been good, but I, I definitely went into this being like, well, um, you know, this could go one of two ways and we'll see. So I, I mean, I think it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's forced us to be a lot more honest with each other about like, I don't know what, <laughs> what annoys us and what doesn't and like how we communicate and all of those things. Yeah. It's when you're living with someone and you're in quarantine with someone, if they don't do the dishes and that annoys you, you gotta tell them early cause it's not going to stop. <laughs> Oh yeah. It's, it's literally, it's, that's life now. <laughs> Getting to that like communication aspect. Do you think that dating in a pandemic has made people communicate more or less? Because it feels like right now when you don't see people all the time, it's hard to communicate with them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's changed communication a lot, right? Like it's just, I think that for people who are physically in each other's space, there's kind of some element of forced communication, like how long can you hide from your feelings with someone that you spend all your time with, right? Um, for people that we're not physically with, I think it has made communication harder because you can't just see someone at work every day or like, you know, I mean, it's it's you have to be a lot more intentional, I think, um, in your interactions with people that you're not immediately with. So I would think that that would also apply to someone that you're newly dating. You know, if you are not quarantining with this person, you're trying to get to know them. I think there is a lot more intentionality that just comes with like, I got to keep up this relationship and this communication because otherwise we're never going to see each other. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost in some ways you feel like you're do you're over communicating maybe and you don't get that physical or that in-person time that you really do a lot of people define their relationships by which is interesting to me do you think that more people have had to focus on other aspects of their relationships uh because of this pandemic and having to quarantine yeah definitely i mean i think that in a lot of ways this year has been revealing for people in general about what really matters. You know, there's so much chaos in the world right now. And I think that a lot of people, it's just this recalibrating of like, okay, life stopped in a way, and it changed dramatically overnight. And people's priorities have changed. And a lot of people have gone through a lot of personal tragedy this year as well. And so I think you know, for couples, obviously, there's always, you know, learning how to how to support one another and be there for one another. And I think that it has challenged people in a lot of interesting ways, just to be with each other through different types of experiences, uh, both good and bad. So yeah, I mean, I mean, and I think in, in that aspect, this time has been illuminating uh, in what 
will hopefully turn out to be a positive way for couples who, you know, are able to be with each other through the really tough stuff right now. Do you think this isn't necessarily a dating thing, but do you think friendships as another type of relationship has, do you think those have changed in quarantine as well? Oh, yeah. If it's a friend that you are able to see in person somehow, obviously that that dynamic has changed. You probably aren't seeing that person as often or the same way that you used to. And if it's a friend that you physically can't see anymore because, I don't know, they're quarantining somewhere else or whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, you you have to have that intentionality there. Uh, And I think friends have also, you know, friends have also seen each other through some really unprecedented times. So I think that it's, it's hopefully something that will bring people closer together that are right for each other, whether that's friends or relationship wise. And it may also be the end of some other relationships and friendships too, that just weren't maybe right in the first place. Yeah, that's true. It's interesting that it'll be a changing of relationships in a way, even if it's not just romantic, your friendships can probably change a lot through this year too. It's like putting stuff under pressure and seeing if it'll hold or not. It's just a big steam cooker this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, to everything, right? Like life, work, relationships, health, like all of those things. It's just like, let's let's see what really matters and let's see what, what relationships can stick. You name it, it'll get tested this year. Mm-hmm, exactly. So for those of our listeners that are either maybe starting a relationship or in there in that single, still on the dating app, still trying to figure out how to date in a pandemic, what would you recommend for them to do? Don't give up and continue to give this a shot. I think life is obviously really different for everyone right now. And I think that seeing the opportunity in it is really important, right? Like, yes, it is so discouraging that dating is not what it was and that it's a lot harder to maybe meet someone right now. But also, I mean, I'm sure there are elements of dating for everyone that were never that great in the first place. So maybe think about it as like, okay, well, I can't schedule an in-person first date right now, but I can schedule a FaceTime date like at 7 p.m. when I'm sitting on my bed in my pajamas, you know, and like, that's going to be a time saver for me. And we'll see how this pans out. So I think just trying to see the opportunity in it uh, is important. And that's, that's important to help people not just feel like, why am I even trying, you know? Yeah, for sure. So what are the most creative, virtual or socially distanced dates that you've seen or heard about? Hmm. I mean, I think that FaceTime dates in general, there's just a lot of different like opportunities there. Uh, You know, you can obviously do the classic like, oh, I'm at home and I'm, you know, eating pizza or macaroni and cheese or whatever it may be. But you can also kind of like, I think it's a fun idea to watch a show with someone virtually or like play some type of game with them. I don't know, games can be cheesy, but sometimes you can find like online ones that are fun. Um, And I know that like sometimes it's really easy for couples to bond over shows. So I think people that are into TV shows or movies, like sort of watching them together and texting each other or whatever about, about thoughts is always fun. Um, And there's a lot of opportunity for like in-person outdoor 
hangs too, if that's your thing. And if you do feel safe doing that, I think, um, you know, whether it's a walk or like a little picnic or something like that. I mean, there's just, there's, there's a lot of ways to, to make it fun and to try to make the most of it. One of my favorite things that I've seen is, um, it was a TikTok trend, I believe, but where you go to the store and you get people like something of their favorite color or something that reminds them of that. But I saw some people do that, but they like mailed it to their partner. And that was a really cute idea. I thought if you like go to the store, you get these like certain categories and then you FaceTime and unbox it together. So if you're not able to be together, it's still cute to like do something like that. And you can support the postal service. Oh, that is such a great idea. I also love getting mail. Like who doesn't love getting mail? I mean, this could be the perfect opportunity to like throw it back to the old days and like write letters to each other, you know, like. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so cute. Like the, you can have letters so your grandkids can discover them. Yeah, I was literally just thinking about my grandparents, like they have these letters to each other. And I'm like, let's bring letters back, support the USPS, support true love. Let's do it. <laughs> bring letters back. It's not like people can, your grandkids will be able to read your texts. <laughs> yeah, honestly. That would not be quite the same. <laughs> so I'm wondering, what is the biggest challenge you faced while dating? You mentioned that you are in a relationship already, but what is the biggest challenge you faced with COVID with your relationships? Yeah, I mean, I think just just learning to listen and to be there and to like adapt uh, as the times call for it. I think, and I know I'm not the only person who's this way, but I tend to be very stubborn and, um, you know, get set in like my way of doing things and my way that I want to handle this situation. And I think, you know, I mean, being in kind of this weird extended crisis mode with someone really teaches you how to live, how to communicate, how to like navigate tricky situations with someone. And so I think it's been it's been just a good lesson for me in like one, you know, I have to adapt and two that I can't control everything. I mean, aren't we all learning that this year in so many ways? Like it's just everything is so there's so much uncertainty in it. And this is something that Aaron and I talk about a lot too because, you know, we don't know what the next year is going to look like for us. Um, and no one else does either. And so just kind of learning to live in a place of like, this is what this relationship is in the now, I also think is a really big lesson that can come from this time, because all we really have is literally what's happening now, because none of us have any idea what's going to happen in four months. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of like a, okay. Um, you know, this, this is um, what can we do to make this good and make this better in the present? Yeah, I love that, especially of the enjoying it in the now. I feel like oftentimes we all get caught up of the what's next? When is when am I getting engaged? When's the wedding? All that stuff in relationships. But I really like the idea of taking the time and just accepting where you are now and enjoying that. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I'm just really trying to to keep thinking about this year. Um you know, yeah, the, the, the planner in me wants to say, well, what, you know, what is this relationship going to be like? How, how is this going to play out? How's this time going to affect us? And it's kind of one of those things where we're just going to have to see. And if things are good right now, which they are, then that's the best that we can ask for. So 
yeah, uncomfortable lessons, but good lessons. <laughs> We're at the point in our podcast where we like to ask our guests one question, and that is, what is your purpose? I would say that my purpose is to help others see themselves through people's stories. Um, you know, it's, it's why I became a journalist. It's why I'm interested in covering everything from, I don't know, dating <laughs> to travel to, you know, current events, all kinds of things. And I think it's, it's being able to take, um, stories and to make those applicable to people's lives. So I hope that things like what we're doing right now are able to help people see themselves in the experiences of others. Well, I'm sure a lot of people are going to see themselves in this podcast because I don't think we're the only ones (laughs) dating in a pandemic. (laughs) No, I don't think so either. (laughs) Well, if our listeners want to hear more of you or get more of your content, where should they go? What are your plugs? Yeah, well, I would say if you want to keep up with um, what I'm doing, you can follow me on social. I'm at Sarah A. Ellis underscore on Twitter and Instagram, which is where I post a lot of my work. Um, I'm always, you know, writing for different places. I'll post podcast updates on there. So that's a good way to follow me. Um, Also, if you're interested in more of a deep dive on like dating and texting, et cetera, subtext is the name of my podcast. Uh, We've been doing it for a couple years now. So have you know, talked about pandemic dating, talked about pre-pandemic dating. It's really fun. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a great follow-up to this one. Um, What about any of your articles you're writing? Is there somewhere people can go for that as well? Yeah. uh, I tend to keep um, my articles all in one place on my personal website. So you can kind of see a collection of the places that I've been writing for. So um, that's at sarahabbottellis.com. You can also find that link on my social media Uh, But yeah, in general, you can find my work on places like Elite Daily, Greatest, Health Central, um, you know, search by name and you'll find me. Good to know. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope our listeners did as well. Of course. Thank you, Emily. This has been fun. Love, Lead, Listen is recorded and produced at Alpha Gamma Delta International Headquarters and is generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Episodes are released every two weeks, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. If you like this show, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and don't forget to share it with your friends. If you have an idea for a future episode or any other feedback, send us an email at podcast at alphagammadelta.org. I'm your host, Emily Bice, and that's all for today. See you next time.